Welcome to Making Sense of MarTech, in a regular set of conversations with some of the most interesting people in marketing, tech, and advertising. I'm Juan Mendoza. I write the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. It's a weekly email that covers the most important shifts in marketing tech. People who work in the world's largest media tech and marketing companies read it. You can read, listen, and subscribe at themartechweekly.com. Before we go into our episode today, I would love to share with you something new from the MarTech Weekly. It's called TMW100. Uh, we've launched a new MarTech Innovation Awards program ranking MarTech companies from first place to 100th place globally. We're announcing the winners in the first week of November in Anaheim, California, live with Mopsapalooza from MarketingOps.com. Uh, our judges include uh, folks like Scott Brinker, Daryl Afonso, and Jessica Cow. If you're building innovative marketing technology, I invite you to prove it at themartechweekly.com forward slash TMW100. That's themartechweekly.com forward slash TMW100. All right, back to our show. Okay, today we have Roger Dunn with us. Uh, Roger is a consultant and advisor in the retail media space. And he's recently worked as the head of retail media for Australia at Cretio, heading up the retail media network side and building products and selling to retailers, forming partnerships and upskilling agencies and everything in regards to retail media. Uh, Roger has spent the majority of his career actually on the agency side, specializing in retail and e-commerce. Um, he was part of uh, the group M Commerce Group, um, the e-commerce lead at WPP AUNZ and more. Uh, he was also on the agency side working with the uh, Amazon Academy and Amazon Unboxed event. He's managed relationships and JBPs with key partners like Amazon, eBay, and Woolworths Cartology. Um, you're probably getting a bit of a flavor by now of uh, what Roger specializes in, um, but we're talking ex exactly about that, retail media, and this growing category of media, of advertising, of e-commerce, of customer experience, that's all around selling ads online in retail media environments. Um, so we're going to be talking about how retail sits within a broader media landscape, how it compares to other types of media, the silos and inefficiencies within the retail space, navigating the trade-offs between ads and experiences, um, looking at channels and opportunities within channels where com companies are finding success with retail media, how it sort of how we think about it from the perspective of um, the uh, the broader ad tech ecosystem and how data works and how integrations work with retail media networks. Um, so I'm really excited to have Roger Dunn with us. Uh, before we go into our episode today, I would love to share with you something new from the MarTech Weekly. It's called TMW100. Uh, we've launched a new MarTech Innovation Awards program ranking MarTech companies from first place to 100th place globally. We're announcing the winners in the first week of November in Anaheim, California, live with Mopsapalooza from marketingops.com. Uh, our judges include uh, folks like Scott Brinker, Daryl Afonso, and Jessica Cow. If you're building innovative marketing technology, I invite you to prove it at themartechweekly.com forward slash TMW100. That's themartechweekly.com forward slash TMW100. All right, back to our show. And now I give you Roger Dunn. How are you doing today, Roger? Good day, Juan. Um, good to be here. Yeah, going really well. Looking forward to a good uh, deep dive on retail media. 
Yes, and we have been jamming quite a bit on retail media over the past couple months. You've been very helpful in my understanding of this category and why it's growing so much. But I want to hear from you, Roger. Where did you get into retail media originally? What kind of led you down this path of uh, building e-commerce solutions, working with ad networks, um, advising and consulting in retail media? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess you've, you've given a brief intro there. It all started, I guess, on our agency side. So working up to a Group M, we launched Group M Commerce over there, which was really focused on econ consultancy, looking at retail media and building a, building a lot of that capability and expertise across across the group and with the agencies. So I guess that's where it started. And that was actually before Amazon had launched a market with their retail media proposition, which is obviously one of the, the key kind of drivers locally even um, to get the industry started. So they launched in 2018. And then after that role, I moved over to Critio, as you mentioned. So launching their retail media solution and market. So they're a tech provider that provides the infrastructure for, for other retailers to build their, their networks. Um, and then more recently, yeah, into consultancy. So working um, a, bit, a, bit, a bit critically at the moment. And then, yeah, obviously just really focused in and, and love the space. I mean, it's as you've seen, it's all over the news in terms of the trade press. It's quite an exciting growth area within the industry and has a lot of independencies with other things like clean rooms, like, um, you know, different um, opportunities for, for brands, for, for the retailers themselves. So lots going on and, yeah, really interesting space. Yeah, it is really interesting. I mean, when I picked it up last year, we did an essay on the rise of retail media and, there's all these external forces that are sort of driving this interest in running advertising and targeted programmatic on retail meet, retail sites and e-commerce. But I kind of want to want want to know why, like why now? Um, maybe you can give us a bit of a definition of what retail media actually is and why is it becoming a growing category at the moment? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if we sort of set the scene on retail media for anyone who doesn't know, Really, it's this broad set of digital advertising tools. It's the infrastructure that is using shopper data at its core. So that's shopper data for targeting and activation to um, you know, place ads in the first place. Um, but also then to close the loop, and that's a key sort of secret source of retail media is actually the measurement and being able to track that all the way through to a transaction. And I guess what this allows the retailer to do is set up uh, a media business. So it's on their owned and operated properties and assets, their web website and app. Um, but then also monetize their data. And that might not necessarily be on their properties, but off, off-site. So in the open web on um, you know, some of those wall gardens, um, and you know that's another area where they can monetize. But that then obviously creates the opportunities for brands and advertisers to, to get into the space. And I guess I touched on it a second ago with the timing. We had Amazon launch their business in 2018. Um, it's not necessarily that they were the first in market. We had other players like eBay's, the number one marketplace still, um, and had um, you know their own solutions in house. Um, we had fast followers from Cartology and Woolworths. So other players are, are in the market, but over the last you know three to five years, I guess that's been been ramping up and a lot more attention on it, and more retailers are looking at the space seriously. But in terms of the the reasons behind that, some of those macro kind of forces. I guess, as we've all talked about, cookie deprecation is coming. That will come, you know, uh, supposedly next year um, in 2024. Uh, and that's really making brands and advertisers look for uh, alternatives. So 
they want other alternatives where they can measure an outcome and deliver an ad that's that's targeted and retail media you know answers that that call um we've got other trends within the marketplace like the digitization of stores creating more digital opportunities and i guess really the the recent trend in terms of actually creating retail media networks is driven by the technologies as well so it's much easier nowadays you know with a, a sort of plug and play solution um, from some of the tech providers to create your own media empire so that's making it easier and, and therefore um yeah overcoming i guess one of those barriers for retailers in the first place but you know it's really interesting to me um roger is that yeah, I think a lot of retail media right now is driven by a lot of the market externalities, right? So like we have the deprecation of third-party cookies, you know, Google at the start of 2024 is going to start removing third-party cookies from browsers slowly and incrementally, but it's coming, right? That horizon is coming closer to a world without 30 third-party cookies. So advertisers need to find different, better source quality sources of data. And retail is just one of those, e-commerce in particular is just one of those areas that is so rich in data. But then we have, you know, record inflation. Um, in most places in the world, we are seeing global financial crisis levels back in 2008 of inflation right now. You know, it's uh, it's very hard from a margin point of view for retailers. So they're looking for new revenue and opportunities. But then we have this like tech innovation layer, which you mentioned, right? More digital shop fronts, more digital um, experiences in store. There's far greater sophistication um, online and the technologies are there, right? To get to like Amazon level proficiencies in technologies. Like the one company I look at, which constantly surprises me is Walmart. And, you know, you wouldn't look at Walmart and go, they're like a tech company, but they sell apps on the app exchange and Salesforce. You know, they they have built a very successful retail media. They're one of the fastest growing retail media networks right now, but that's underpinned by a lot of maturity and technological sophistication. And so we're kind of in this funny space where like the companies that do e-commerce have more sophisticated data, more sophisticated technology to actually do that precision targeting and offer an ad product advertisers the incentives align because it's a high margin revenue opportunity for retailers and we also have advertisers that are trying to find new sources of data but is that what you're seeing in the marketplace right now am i missing anything in terms of the i guess the external market forces that is creating this uh, momentum around retail media no, I, I think you're spot on i mean you've got there's probably a breakup of or different sections of the market as well if you think about it so there's big companies like you mentioned walmart who can afford to become a tech, tech company essentially and build their own infrastructure and take some of this or a lot of this technology in-house. They still work with some external partners like the trade desk, um, but they're building a lot of that stack themselves. Um, but I just don't think that would be, that's not feasible and realistic for some of the smaller and middle tier retailers. Um, and, you know, it's not their core business at the end of the day. They're, they're used to selling products, you know, whether that's online or in-store and not necessarily building tech stacks. So I guess they're they're going to have a different approach to it, but equally the opportunities there. I think the um, the data is just as valuable, um, and so yeah, I think I think you've covered all the the kind of key forces behind it. I think as we all know, after cookie deprecation, the third parties goes, it's going to be a kind of smorgasbord of different solutions. So retail media offers a really um, you know efficient and effective way of reaching people and in tracking that through to a sale, but it won't be the answer to everyone's um, um, problem or campaign sort of objective. So it'll be part of the solution. Um, and yeah, I guess as we see it grow, as we see it scale, we might see, you know, it take a, a bigger portion of the pie as well. Mm. Can you talk to us a little bit about the technology 
um, innovation in this space because um, you've worked quite a bit with Critio in the past and they're, they're trying to create a bit of a wedge there in retail media and a bit of an offering, but there are others, right? Um, Citrus IQ, there's Promote IQ, there's Trade Desk, there's Clean Rooms, there's all these new technologies that are building. Um, Loco is a really interesting one out of um, Southeast Asia. You know, there's some really interesting tech platforms, but can you comment, I guess, on the development of the tech category in retail media? Yeah, I think there's um, there's people coming at it from different angles, really. So some companies are really using tech companies as building blocks. So if you think people like Danads or Kevl, um, these are sort of structures where you build it yourself and you white label in it to your own platform. Obviously, you're paying the tech company to use their infrastructure, but it's not so plug and play as some of the others you mentioned. So uh, I think if we focus on on-site first, yeah, you've got big players like Promote IQ owned by Microsoft, you've got Fitio, and you've got Citrus now owned by Publicis and, and that's the one. And they've got the plug and play solution for on-site. And I guess there are some nuances with on-site where you've got to handle a product feed, you've got to pull in images, you've got to pull in pricing and stock levels. And so it does require often, you know, a bit more of a specialized technology solution there. So um, that, that's obviously one solution. And then off-site, I guess, is, is a little different because we're looking at something that looks and feels very familiar. So it's the programmatic open web kind of environment. And you're just using that retailer's data to, to find the customers. So in that space, you've got other sort of more familiar names like Trade Desk, which are offering a solution in that space. Um, I think clean rooms are going to come into it as well. Um, we've seen Amazon launch AMC, um, Amazon Marketing Cloud, where you can pull in your first party data, you can pull in some retail data from Amazon, as well as all of your campaign data and, and obviously use some more advanced analysis and attribution and journey mapping there. And that we'll see that for the other platforms as well. They'll probably work with third parties, you know, other, you know, InfoSum, Abu, these kind of other players. So that'll be an interesting space, and that's probably something for the future. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few different routes, like from a tech perspective. So yeah, it's definitely a case of, of needing to have a clear strategy as a retailer and knowing where your strengths are, what you're willing to invest in, and you know what you're willing to kind of have people internally that can manage. Uh, and how much then you might want to outsource in terms mm. of tech and often driving demand as well and you know booking in and linking in with agencies and the, the advertiser side yeah it's it's interesting right because like with retail there's so much direct access that's the thing i constantly think about is that there's access to first party data, but not just any first it's not just email addresses and behavioral data it's transactional data right and e-commerce is like one of the only places in the world where you can get the volume to actually do advertising using transactional data, using what customers have bought in the past. Extremely valuable, right? And it's very hard to get that in a post third-party cookie world. But I also think about things like direct access from the CPG brands, consumer good brands that are already selling in e-commerce platforms. I mean, the plug and play between those companies wanting to drive media, wanting to drive growth and awareness within these existing retail platforms is, you know, it's, you couldn't think of an easier go to market, I guess you could say, <laughs> in terms of it's just how accessible that audience is that's already selling products on shelves, you know. So for retailers, it's like almost a no brainer. But the, I think the challenge is the tech part. It's like retailers, yes, they've been on a long journey of modernizing and digitizing and getting to e commerce. But it's a big difference between managing an e-commerce shopfront 
and building an ad network. And I think that's sort of the big, the big challenge there, despite all the value and opportunities. But I do want to talk a little bit about the retail media landscape and maybe different ways to understand retail. I mean, we've got retail media, we've got commerce media, we've got owned media, we've got the physical retail media, we've got online retail media, we've got channel activations, different channels that do different things in retail media. There's a lot actually there, right? There's so many different pathways into a retail environment for doing advertising, but perhaps could you sketch that out? What does that actually look like? I mean, what are the differences between the different formats of retail media and how do you approach it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I'll try and break it down. I guess you, you could argue that retail media is a form of performance media in the, in the sense that it tracks through to a purchase outcome. So even if you're doing branding campaigns, I've heard of a funnel, you can still track it all the way through. But if you think about a Venn diagram, you've got kind of that performance media is the, catch all for all types of media campaigns that basically try and end up in an outcome so within that then you've got commerce media and commerce media i would argue is any performance campaign that ends up delivering a transaction so not just an outcome like a lead or a, a form download or something else like commerce media has to deliver a transaction so that's that's the kind of definition of commerce media and then a subset of that again would be retail media where it's a retailer owned an operated asset, so ads on a retail site, marketplace, or an app, or it's using that retailer's first party data to reach off-site. And obviously that then is you know, owned and operated by the retailer or marketplace. In that broader category of commerce media, for example, you could have um, Google shopping campaigns, say, or Facebook you know, campaigns that drive to a, a shopping outcome. Not necessarily owned by the retailer. It's not using retailer's data, but it does drive to the commerce outcome, and hence is in that broader set of commerce media. And then owned media, I would argue, is almost like the cousin over on the right. So that's that's like retail media, but not a retailer. So if we think people like Marriott who launched their retail network, which um, obviously is travel-based, classified businesses, which might not transfer or, or have a campaign that delivers all the way through to a transaction. But they're just trying to get a lead to give to a dealer. So, um, so these could be, I would say, classified as owned media, but not necessarily retail media. And then I guess there's all the, the, the sort of disciplines surrounding retail media as well. So, I mean, retail media is only really the um, modern incarnation, if you like. It's the digitization of what has always been trade marketing in the past. So trade marketing is that commercial relationship between the vendor and the retailer. And as part of that, there's always been packages of in-store activations, usually in the past, and more, you know, more recently, digital activations on the site as well. But that discipline of trade marketing has been around, you know, forever. So that that is the original retail media, if you like. And then I guess where it's moving now is moving much more into digital executions of that, shopper marketing, sort of pulling all the way through. And even as we've talked about going further up the funnel and getting into brand marketing now, but using those retailer assets. So retail media can really deliver on a number of different campaign outcomes and campaign objectives. And from an advertiser perspective, it's it's just, I guess, how you're using it and you know what formats within that you're using. Hmm. Yeah, I think that like there's I think the challenge, and we'll talk about this a little bit, is that um because retail media, we kind of change the definition along the way a bit on like, it's actually 
we're thinking about it as like serving ads to targeted ads to consumers in an e-commerce environment, right? Which is like not what like you could say that people have been doing retail media since retail stores were a thing, you know, like there's always been some sort of promotion run by some brand selling products within a store, right. And then, or placement, there's always been letter drops. I mean, you know, here in Australia, we have Bunnings, right. Bunnings is one of the most iconic um, sort of retail brands in, in this country. Uh, But, you know, they are very big on their catalog, right. And their deals with, the companies that are advertising within the catalog are huge, right? It's a massive get because the, the catalog is a big part of their brand. And they've been doing that way long before e-commerce kind of came around. So I kind of think about it as like, this is like old, but new again, but do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can't argue that money's been, you know, exchanging hands between the vendor and the supplier and the retailer for, for many, many years. That's why I see retail media as really much more the digitization of it all. So it's, you know, platforms that can deliver it. It's very much e-commerce focused or has been from its onset. And I think, yeah, it's just that as those store uh, executions that have always happened in the past become digitized, then they really truly become part of the same ecosystem. And you you can start using the same data. You can start, uh, you know, having those parts of the campaign, you know, into the overall so I think, yeah, I mean, the, the, the definitions probably are going to continue evolving and we'll see where we end up in two, three, five years. But I think for now, for me, at least, it's retail media really is that that, that digitization of, of what's been happening in the past. Hmm. Yeah, I think the digitization is the key bit because that's the scalable opportunity. That's where you can get a lot of outcomes. It's very scalable. It's very malleable. It's very flexible too. I mean, you know, like printing out, like literally magazines and pamphlets for retail is a very different game or like getting your product at the the end of a, say of a shelf or at the end of a row, you know, those opportunities are like, they take a long time, a lot of negotiation, but I think what's quite exciting about retail media is a programmatic aspect of it is that there's an audience that's exposed from the retail side you go when you go buy audiences, you can get your product placed within their searches, search results within the listings of the product, you know, pretty much straight away, right? There's not a lot of building that needs to happen to make that work. And I think that's kind of exciting, right? Like from an angle of growth and getting more products within a retail environment sort of served to a customer. But I do want to talk about the channels for a little bit. Can you give us a sense of like, okay, what are the channels in retail media and how do they all work? And how do advertisers access them? Yeah, sure. So I guess if we start at the, the core of where this sort of latest, you know, digital sort of transformation of it has come from, we're talking about on-site retail media. So on-site from a digital perspective is those sponsored product placements, which come up in the search results. They're usually keyword driven, although not always. They sometimes turn up on product pages as well, or even carousels, but essentially there's no creative there that's bespoke for it. It's all pulled in from the product feed. So you'll get the, um, the image of the product, the title, the description, the pricing, the stock levels, and they'll be served into the search results. And the brand is really just, you know, paying to be more prominent on the digital shelf in that example. And then you've got display. So either the standard display or um, what we used to call commerce display, where it has shoppable kind of features and functions within it. Um, so they might be around the category, um, and they might be around certain product pages. Um, and then in terms of on-site, you might also have brand stores. So you might have a brand-owned entity within the retailer site. 
that might be where they drive their traffic to and they know that that page that they own 100% their brand and products and um, people are out there. Um, so they're probably the key kind of assets you might have as an advertiser within a retail media on-site environment. Um, and then off-site, as we've, we've talked about, is much more your classic programmatic. So using that retailer's first-party data, knowing what they've browsed or bought in the past, and building out segments within that, um, and then finding those people off-site. So that might be within the wall gardens, or it might be on open web programmatic video and display advertising. Um, those ads might be shoppable. Um, they might even be collaborative where you have multiple brands on one ad, um, but essentially they're, they're bringing people back to the store um, and then you can track that through to sale as you can with the on-site. Um, and then I guess the other one is in-store. So as we talked about, that's been around forever, but if you think about the digital in-store, you might have you know digital panels as you walk into the store or throughout the store, you might have digital radio, you might have new um, sort of either posters at the end of our gondolas or on, on, the, on the shelves themselves. So lots of places where that's actually developing right now. There's you know, a company called Cooler Screens, which offers sort of products um, and ads within them on the actual cooler doors within supermarkets. So lots of innovation in that space. And that's probably the, the other major one that will be coming into the fold as it, as it develops. Hmm. So you're saying that like, on-site and off-site have a little bit of a different different definition from like a lot of other media, right? So retail media on-site is actually advertising within the e-commerce platform. That's right. So yeah. that is quite native as well. Like we talked about it, get pulled into the search results. So it looks and feels very much like the retailer site. Obviously, you don't have a jarring kind of ad experience there. Um, and obviously, that's much closer to the actual purchase because you're on the, the sort of commerce platform at the time. From a retailer perspective, that's usually high margin as well. So they'll yeah. make more money on those placements because they own and operate with that. And yeah. the results are going to be, you know, that much better. Mm. Um, but obviously from their perspective as a media business, the inventory there is limited. You've only got a certain amount of people searching or shopping on your site. And therefore once that's maxed out, um, you're going to need to look elsewhere in terms of um, scaling the business. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, yeah, as you say, right, like the retailer owns that environment. And, you know, it's interesting, like we're starting to see these interesting collaborations. One that just came out recently, the past couple of months was Macy's, you know, American big retailer Macy's. They partnered with the Trade Desk to facilitate the technology on top of their e-commerce website to do retail media. Now, Macy's gets a cut, Trade Desk gets a cut, but they don't have to build all of the sophisticated data orchestration technology, all the experience stuff, all the programmatic ad placements, all the bidding technology, all that stuff, they don't need to do because a trade desk would do a lot of that for them. And so I think like with the on-site technology, there's a bit of a hybrid approach. There's like the Amazons and the Walmarts of the world, even like the roundel target options, where they're actually building out the technology from scratch. And then there's the players that are like, hmm, yeah, that will take us 10 years <laughs> to get anywhere close to that. Why don't we plug and play with a vendor that can like run a lot of this for us so we can get in the market with a good option and then see how it works for us, you know? So I think that like on site from the tech perspective, there's a few different options there. But talk to us about offsite a little bit more because I think the offsite one is an equally interesting opportunity. From what I've gathered so far, it's um, it's more programmatic. It's more using the retailer's data to to run ads outside of the website. 
but but it's actually powered by the data and the insights and the targeting from retail. Is that is that a way to understand it, or am I wrong? Yeah, no, that that that's right. It's spot on there. I mean, it's it's using often programmatic infrastructure that we you know we know from other um, executions. You know, companies like the Trade Desk, DB Two Sixty, or Crypto's offsite um, executions that that allow that open web access, uh, and you're literally using that shopper data. So. You know, there's some interesting use cases for that. You might have geo-targeting within that. You might have what people have browsed or bought before recently. So they might be in market now um, and looking, or or they might be might be something they bought, you know, three, six months ago, and you know that cycle is coming around again. But I think there's a difference there between sort of those live segments, which are, are much more, you know, here and now and, you know, looking for a product, and those that are just formed out of habitual behavior and you know that someone's you know a regular buyer of a certain category and that that therefore has a much higher value you know for different reasons and for, for different campaign outcomes so lots of lots of sort of nuance to how you can use that data and slice it and dice it in terms of the segments and use cases but um that's right and and obviously there's other media as well so we're seeing cpv kind of come into the party in terms of you know those partnerships where whether it's via magnite or partnerships with Roku in the US um, where you can connect up um, a retailer's data for targeting and then close that loop once they've seen the add-on on a connected TV sort of platform out there. Obviously, Amazon has its first amount of football, I think, which is the uh, the NFL games out there. And again, that makes it a different proposition if you know that you can do a huge brand campaign, but then also loop that back to the sales. Um, so lots of exciting and sort of interesting ways that that's, that's sort of getting out there and expanding into the ecosystem that, that sort of exists in a lot of areas. Mm. And that, to me, that example that you give definitely feels a lot more like an ecosystem play. Uh, like it's how do you syndicate, say, retail with your streaming provider? Or, you know, there's only a very small fraction of companies are able to do that. But as I mentioned with the uh, Bunnings example, right, like the retailers do a lot of media, and we wouldn't think about retail companies as, as media companies, but in terms of their reach and the volume of content that's supplied to customers across channels, you think of, I think of, you know, for example, the iconic or ASOS in my inbox every single day with new offers, right? They're sending probably twice as much email as your typical news journalist provider or the, you know, your typical media company. Um, and so they do a lot, like if you reframe it, retail do a lot of media, but all the media is just about products, um, you know, and I see kind of retail media as this like larger flattening of everything into content, you know, like it doesn't matter if it's, you know, breaking news journalism or, um, you know, a, a 10 part limited series, you know, streaming on Netflix or if it's a product catalog with, you know, the hottest products that are coming out for this season. All that stuff is just content, you know, and I think that as tech sophistication becomes greater and greater, you can use those different formats of, uh, of content to do advertising. But I want to talk a little bit about, um, before we get into retailers and how they are finding success and how this is actually helping them grow, I want to understand a little bit about the ethical implications of retail media. Now, the first thing I think about, Roger, is retail media should um, give greater access to customers to products and services. Um, it should 
also give them, uh, should also potentially lower prices because it's a scalable, high margin revenue source for retailers. So it should sort of alleviate that price pressure, that particularly right now what we're seeing with high inflation, um, you know, and prices going crazy everywhere. So it might alleviate that. And I kind of think about it as, you know, the internet is subsidized by ad tech, really, right? Like most of the online services we enjoy today from Google, through to meta, through to almost social media, through to billions of different content websites. Uh, they're subsidized by ad tech, running ads, monetizing through ads, deliver free content. And I think about it, I'm like, well, does retail media subsidize the price and the availability of products as well? But I'm interested in your thoughts on that. Well, I think it has to. I mean, it's an incremental revenue stream for the retailer. And like you said, in the economic environment that we have today, you know, that's probably quite welcome um, in terms of retailing, getting squeezed either to put up your prices or to take a lower margin if your suppliers are, you know, pushing higher prices onto you or you're, you're having to swallow them in, in certain areas. So I think I think you're right. I mean, that's, that's the key benefit is to be able to invest some of that and to you know, funnel some of that incremental revenue back into lower prices potentially for customers. Um, but there is this, this balance and this challenge between monetization and customer experience that you have to be you have to have a position on and you have to be able to make a decision in terms of balancing those things because you know obviously if you load up a retail site or marketplace site with too many ads you know at some point there's a tipping point where it becomes a poor experience and retail is going to put the customer off i mean amazon seems to be doing okay and they've got a huge number of ads on the first page so they, they, they're definitely overloading it in terms of the ads, but but they're very native. They're those sponsored products ads in the name on the first page. So because mm-hmm. um, customers looking for products and you're serving them up products, whether they're reprioritized based on what brands bidding on there, I guess it's not quite as intrusive as having quite giant banners or anything on the page. So mm-hmm. I think there's always that line though, and they always that balancing act between monetization and CX and I guess that that's the call that, that retailers need to make to make sure that um, you know that they they look after their core business as well as their media um, business. Yeah, and and the context matters as well, you know. So if you think about search. Search is incredibly valuable for advertisers because you're getting the explicit explicit um, information from a person that's wanting to find something, and wanting to find a product, want to find service, want to learn more information about X or Y, whatever thing. Um, and so that context is extremely valuable, you know, but that's a point in time specific thing that a person is after in the context in which they receive an ad is very specific to what they're after. And that's why programmatic is just so incredibly and precision targeting is so incredibly powerful in search. However, social media, TikTok, Meta, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, people go there to consume content. And people spend way more time on social media sites than they do search because social media is a place to hang around and to spend time in. Very different context for an advertiser, very different goals. However, very valuable because people are getting served content anyway and ads are not as intrusive. Retail media kind of feels like it's in between. I would say, for example, uh, I was looking at trips to uh, Cambodia at the end of this year. Just dreaming with my wife or sitting on the couch last week. And I was like, okay, maybe we should go to Cambodia. It would be really interesting, great for the kids. And so I started shopping around, right? And I spent maybe an hour like looking at hotels, looking at different, you know, um, flight options, what we should buy while we're there, you know. And that's end of session, done. 
you know, I'm not spending hours and hours and hours on these retail media platforms searching for things, right? I'm not constantly draining. I'm not going there to consume content. And so I think the context in which consumers receive ads within retail is like one of those interesting things because it's a little bit of both. There's a bit of content because people will go and actually browse con- browse products. They'll use it. They'll consume content about what they want to buy, what they want to get as a service. Um, but they'll also be there for a specific purpose. They want to buy toilet paper. You know, They want to buy these pants or they want to buy something from a store and they'll use search to get it. And so retail kind of feels like a blending of both. And that's why there's a, a big difference between what you would do in terms of a campaign objective with on-site versus off-site where your, your ad is actually just appearing, you know, on another publisher site or on another wall garden experience where that the role of that ad and that format is going to be much more about inspiration, perhaps a reminder to get people back to buy something they left in the basket. And, you know, it's it's going to have a purpose to it or, or a, um, a sort of an awareness, um, a role to play and um, whereas you're right once you're on a site and you're 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 looking at filling a basket say or looking for a product then it's much more navigational and you're, you're just getting to the end result and you're trying to get that finished basket but i guess that's that's an interesting one as well like we've talked about a lot about tech today and um, but that's why it's not just about tech it's actually where do you get your demand from as a retailer for your media business so retailers obviously have those vendor relationships and they're very good at and getting those maybe on-site deals in place and getting their brands spending on on-site experiences. But for the off-site stuff, that type of campaign and that type of outcome is much more aligned to some of those marketing plans and marketing budgets that maybe an agency is handling. Um, and therefore, if they really want to scale their retail media business, they need to have a great relationship with their suppliers and you know obviously have, have them investing in retail media with them, perhaps directly. Um, but then they also need to go outside of their, you know, their usual sort of customer set or relationship set and, you know, go to the market in terms of those marketers or those agencies that hold and, and plan and manage um, much, di- you know, far different budgets. And so it's about the, the combination of those two. And that's often where the success or, or failure for that matter comes from um, when you're kind of setting up and, you know, scaling up a retail media business. Yeah. And I, I just think that there's, there's a lot to balance there, but perhaps we can talk a little bit about retailers and how they're building their program, how they're thinking about it. You've worked with a ton of different companies across a whole different bunch of categories in retail, but like how, where are some of the patterns? Like where are some of the companies doing this well? Um, how are they thinking about getting buy-in from their teams and from like leaders in their business? You know, and how, what's the approach? And maybe you can shine a light on some of the better ways of approaching retail media or setting it up within retail companies. Uh, yeah, definitely. So I think it's one of those things which, when you think about it, it's a movement from what is a core business of retailing into a very, quite different adjacent business of, uh, retail, of media um, and having that, you know, quite a different focus in terms of the business. And because of that reason, needs to be seen and looked at as a digital transformation really um, we use the old buzzwords but it's about getting the right c-level buy-in you know the right people in the room to make decisions to invest in it properly whether that's doing it in-house and building your tech and having a team very much in-house or whether it's partnering up with other companies obviously those decisions are big decisions and there's going to be a lot of focus a lot of investment um, initially to get things up and running. so you need to have the right buy-in and, and, and the right people to get that, that up and running. So that's that's definitely crucial. 
Um, I think you then need to have a bit of an audit and have a look about what what are your assets and how big is your audience and do you have a loyalty scheme and like what are my on-site assets that I can can leverage. Um, and it's about obviously unlocking as many of these that you're comfortable doing uh, and that have value to the to the advertisers or the brands that you would want to invest. Um, and you know, obviously looking at those, it's you're looking across different sort of full funnel solutions, whether it's the sort of lower funnel on-site placements, that might be where you start. And um, we've talked about sponsored products already, and they're very native, not very intrusive in terms of a placement to put on your site, and so quite an easy win. And they're obviously really beneficial for brands and advertisers who want to invest. Um, so that's that's a good place to start. Um, and then you might want to then probably have a one, two, three, five-year roadmap in terms of um, how you would then develop that out and which other channels you'd add in, what other kind of uh, opportunities you want to work to in the future. And then obviously at the core of all of this retail media, there's this, you know, it's, the data, it's all about the data really. It's that customer shopper data, both for insights, so understanding the audiences and how brands and advertisers might use that to plan, and for activation, so how do you target and use that data to activate, you know, different campaigns on and off site. Uh, and then the measurement and closing of the loop. So obviously there's lots of different use cases there and you know you're gonna need to have the right personnel that can 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 manage and, and operate, you know, data and the tech infrastructure that, that that requires. So lots of different things to think about and, and and obviously that's where you might need to lean into help, whether that's you know hiring the right person or working with the right um, people external to, to help get all of this kind of in place and uh, an effective roadmap and to, Hmm. Well, that's interesting because I think that like if you're looking to get into retail media and you don't have advanced analytics, like, you know, I'm talking, you know, analytics that join across a variety of sources. So you understand how behavioral data correlates to transactional data. You know, you have the uh, that sort of view across the entire customer journey. But also you're able to access that in a scalable way, right? Like you're actually able to access it out of a data warehouse. You're not beholden to specific MarTech tools that can hold you back. If you don't have your analytics shop in order, I can't see how most retailers can get into retail media. I feel like that's sort of the first thing you need to kind of clear out from a tech perspective. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. I mean, it's that's the, the crucial valuable item within, within the mix. I mean, you've got your own assets on site as well, obviously, but... Um, the data itself is, is core, and that runs through any of those um, ideas that we've already discussed. So, yeah, yeah to be able to manage that and to you know leverage it in the right way and not abuse it either, and have all the right privacy and compliance around it, um, is is absolutely crucial. So here, here's my message to uh, all the folks out there that are working in uh, data analytics. Maybe retail is your next job. Uh, it looks like there's a few opportunities there for uh, for retailers to uh, really invest in their analytics shops and actually build that up if they want to pursue retail media. Again, analytics is probably a good idea anyway, right? It's going to lead to better business decisions, better targeting for your own personalization, your own efforts to do your customer marketing. But again, you kind of need that foundation. Um, and that requires time and effort to build. This stuff doesn't to happen overnight. And you know what? I've come across plenty of large enterprise retailers that are still relying on the free version of Google Analytics for their web behavioral data. It is shocking. It is so bad. And so I think that analytics is a really great call out there. But I guess when how you access a retail media network and 
the buying decisions, say from CPG or brands that are wanting to sell buy ads within a e-commerce retail environment. I mean, it does seem very fragmented still. I mean, you still have your like old school field marketers wanting to buy placements in stores and things like that, placements in brochures. But the digital performance marketing team is extremely different based altogether. I mean, have you seen uh, an example where brands come to retail media and from a more holistic perspective and they go, hey, we want to do some offsite, we want to do onsite, we want to do physical, we want to make it all work together within a retail environment. Have you seen that? What does that tend to look like? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's an interesting thing to think about really because it is a, an evolution of the relationship there. So you've got a vendor and a retailer and that, that relationship was always the vendor supplying products to the retailer. And, and then being the almost the customer for for the brand, but with the sort of introduction of retail media, there's that reverse of relationships where the the vendor now is a customer and buying advertising from the retailer. So obviously, there's the commercial arrangements that are those classic trade marketing um, deals that are put in place. But now there's an opportunity for that that brand to spend marketing dollars as well with a retailer, and therefore it's it's changing that dynamic a little. Um, and then in terms of the the way brands are setting up i mean there isn't there certainly isn't one way of doing it there's you know you see different brands approaching it ways at different levels of maturity but um i guess a lot of it changed when when you had people like amazon coming into market you might have started with an e-commerce person who immediately had to deal with this new retailer when they launched but then also had to deal with all the media options and, and planning that came along with it and that probably changed the game a little bit there. And and as obviously local retailers now introduce media opportunities, and um, they have to be a lot more aligned with their shop marketing teams, with their brand teams. And yeah, if if, if in the past they might have had a JVP that was just focused on commercial terms and trade marketing, now that JVP is often evolving to include other things in terms of the media buyers and, and retail media becoming a much broader part of that. And, it's interesting because that makes that relationship, you know, potentially deeper and potentially bigger as well in terms of just there's more touch points, there's more people involved, both from the brand side and the retailer side. So strengthening relationships with suppliers as well from the retailer's perspective, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like that's where it's going, where you'd have the agencies that are looking at retail media more holistically. And let's not beat around the bush here, like agencies are, like the big holding group agencies are getting into retail media in serious ways. They're investing in, they're even building their own sort of e-commerce platforms around some of this stuff. And so, yeah, I could see how like the um, ad agencies that traditionally would take a lot of media spend anyway from brands and and put it across channels, that they're looking at this and like, yeah, let's build tombs around e-commerce, retail, and make that work for brands, right? And I could see how an agency would have a pretty special role within that whole sort of supply chain of like brand, um, you know, uh, retailer, and then add to an end consumer, um, which is very interesting. I think, you know, the collaboration is quite fascinating as well because, you know, you might say in a room, you're doing some retail media strategy and you might want your product marketer for e-commerce in the room, you know, that traditionally wouldn't be in a sort of a media conversation <laughs> normally, you know, you may have your data analytics folks and you might have your product managers for specific products in the room, you know, because you want to activate because they're 
holding the roadmap for like how they're bringing out products, how they're going to market, how they're building out solutions, personalization, you know, all of that stuff kind of comes to bear on retail media. So even on the retailer side, there is probably a lot more folks that need to be involved in the media conversations because of that trade-off of experience and like how it conflicts with or aligns with the various strategies they have for their own customers as well. Because look, retailers, they're turning into media networks, but they're still going to sell to customers, right? They still got to get customers buying whatever they're going to buy on their retail platform and not on another one, right? So I find this whole space fascinating because it intersects so much with marketing, advertising, and technology that it is actually really great to see. You're right. And it's it's interesting because it's, it's almost like the early days of programmatic or the early days of search where from a, an agency perspective, there's these new startup specialist agencies coming in but yet the whole codes are also creating their own commerce units to sort of handle it. You've got sort of this walled garden approach, at least to start with, around retailers owning their own sort of ecosystem, um, which would, again might be something that we see change in the future with more networks and more open access. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how the agencies are looking at it because it's a double-edged sword, really. Like if if the relationship between vendor and retailer is becoming stronger and broader and more of that budget needs to be handled by you know in, in one conversation then there's a potential for agencies to lose money and say well that brand is going to keep it in-house and the marketing and the trade we're going to kind of organize, organize things together um, with the retailer but equally there's an opportunity there's an upside for agencies to say well actually we can handle all of that we, we can help you you know bring sophisticated planning and buying expertise you can potentially bring other you know, data sets and technology that we can overlay um, and add value for the, the vendor as well. So um, certainly if, if it's done right, there's a huge opportunity for, for agencies, but equally, um, you know, in terms of consolidating that, that activity across different departments at the brand end, then, you know, there, there is a risk there as well. So interesting to see kind of how this develops. And, and it, again, there won't be one way of doing it. Um, I think we saw Google Fielder handling, handling all of their trademark spend over to the initiative as an agency. So interesting to see them now planning and buying across all of that. So, um, um, and I'm sure there'll, there'll be different approaches to it as well. Yeah. And I guess it's lapsed into our so final question here about thinking about the future of the category. I mean, where is it going right now? A lot of growth, a lot of attention, but you know, I've seen a lot of tech trends peter out into nothing. And I'm kind of questioning whether or not retail media will end into something that's long-term, sustainable, valuable for marketers. All the indicators say yes, right? Like the, the incentives are aligned in the marketplace. You know, you've got the growing technological sophistication, which really matters. You know, I think we've retail media, we're starting to see some really great use cases, but like, I think that we kind of need to see some big winners out of retail media to for people to really take attention to it and go, whoa, okay, there's something really important here for advertisers and marketers. Um, but I'm still circling around that one around, is it effective? Is it deliver the value that, um, you know, that it purports to value? But I think that um, if we think about the future, I mean, like you've mentioned a few things in the past, like full fun full funnel solutions, right? Connecting connected TV, digital out of home and like outdoor activations, common metrics, unified measurement, data clean rooms. I mean, I, I don't want you to predict the future, Roger, but you work in this space and you know it. You know the problems, you know the challenges, you know you know the stuff that's like annoying, but like where would you like retail media to be in about five years? Like what are some of the big things you need, you think the industry needs to solve 
for it to be a, a good place for you to work in in the next five? Yeah, sure. So I, I think there's there's going to be diversification in a few ways. So I mean, if you look at any of the big numbers, um, Amazon's sort of taking a good chunk of those in terms of the overall dollars in the, in the pot for retail media globally. And I think we're only going to see that diversify. Um, so there's going to be more retailers, um, you know, building their own networks, partnering up with different parts of the ecosystem. So I think we'll see that that that, that uh, diversification of, of opportunities for brands across the ecosystem. I think you mentioned that they're going up the funnel. I think seventy to eighty percent of spend to date has been in those sponsored product placements that are the on-site and um, very native placements. And I think there's huge opportunities going up the funnel. So, you know, connecting up with um, digital, uh, connected TV, digital out of home, um, and delivering ads and um, using that data on, you know, other environments and other parts of the, the programmatic ecosystem. Um, but equally, another one we haven't talked about is that non-endemic opportunity. So endemic brands are those brands that sell on the retailer site, but non-endemic brands don't sell there, they don't sell a product, but they might, you might still have a really valuable audience from a retailer perspective for a brand that can then direct that traffic back to their site. It's not competitive with you because they don't sell a product that is or isn't, it is on your site. So um, lots of value there and, and that's truly incremental for the retailer as well. So, you know, new money in terms of their, their retail business, their retail business. And, and then another big one, so there's a recently launched IAB um, retail media Sort of working group and committee um, and that's very much focused on those common metrics and unified measurement and obviously it's it's the first step it's going to be an initial just a way of talking about it so that we can all talk about retail media with the right terms and the same terms and um, we might be looking at things like attribution windows things like common metrics and measurement sort of options so that brands can then start comparing apples with apples um, at least a little bit more um, and obviously that's that, that's a big problem if you're trying to invest across multiple different retail media networks and you can't really compare how one does against another, you know, that's that problematic for the whole industry. So to get that right is is, is crucial um, and you know, ensuring that there's a common language and that unification of, of, of metrics is, is a key one. Hmm. Then I guess the other one is just that, that clean room option that we talked about. So. AMC is becoming a crucial tool for Amazon campaigns. So being able to really dig into the data and do your analysis on not just sort of the last click attribution that is the classic or default, you know, within set with you know attribution windows, but looking at the full customer journey, looking at incrementality, looking at how you know your Amazon activity might have driven sales in your D2C store, or vice versa, checking how you know other channels are driving people back to the marketplace. So all of this is, even so, still fairly early days for Amazon, and the, the, but there's going to be other opportunities for other retail media networks with, with other providers to do, you know, very similar analysis um, and potentially, you know, doing some of that that cooperation around around data. And this is all going to come to light next year when those the cookie verification really hits because people will suddenly have to find you know, alternatives and, and new ways of reaching audiences. So definitely an exciting space to to see where that goes. And, and yeah, I think retail media can certainly answer uh, a number of briefs and uh, a number of objectives from a, an advertising perspective. So I'm um, keen to see where that, that all evolves. Mm. I'm excited. I mean, I hope that in the next five years, I log on to amazon.com and I don't get a page full of ads. <laughs> you know, I hope that... 
we find some form of framework or guidelines around like the level of advertising and the transparency of advertising on on uh, e-commerce websites because I think that's the challenge is like how do you make it fair for consumers but also you know but I think all signs point to this greater level of maturity sophistication in the tech stack for retail and I think it's probably a pretty good season for vendors to actually be working building stuff in this I mean you know think about customer data platforms in the retail space not a lot of them right now are thinking about retail media as an opportunity, but that's where a lot of enriched customer profiles sit within this customer data platform for retail. Um, I also think about really smart e-commerce platforms like Amasis and others that, you know, they do a lot of predictive work around product recommendations. How do you weave, um, you know, retail media into email channel? I mean, email is one of those really interesting spaces in that the customers receive emails from retailers and they know they're getting sold to already. But how do you make that more targeted, more specific? I think that's kind of one of those areas, I think, of innovation that could that could continue to grow within the next five years of, um, of retail media. But, you know, I think that there is a lot of opportunities. It kind of feels like, and you referred to this back earlier, Roger, that it does kind of feel like the start of programmatic all over again. Um, and there's a lot of really interesting opportunities, a lot of chaos. It's going to be a lot of failures. It's going to be a lot of bankrupt company, companies, but I think worth it, it's worth trying it out. And I think there's a lot of value in this space. But uh, but thank you so much for joining us on Making Sense of Martech, Roger. Fascinating just to understand and get a bit of a level set on what retail media is doing right now. Um, but over to you, where can we find you on the internet? Um, um, yeah, sure. I'm active on LinkedIn, so you can definitely find me there. That's probably the best place to, to connect and, and see what I'm up to, see what I'm reading. Um, and yeah, obviously reach out if anyone's um, interested in having a chat or wants to know more. Great. Well, thank you. We are regularly interviewing people across the marketing technology landscape every single week at makingsenseofmartech.com. Uh, people like Roger Dunn, who has spent a lot of time thinking and working in the retail media sector. Uh, we delve into topics that subscribers and listeners care about. If you'd like to support the show, you can get, leave a review, like, add a comment, um, and uh, and also uh, give us uh, a bit of a share as well. How about that? So if you'd like to continue to read, subscribe, and listen, head to themartechweekly.com. Uh, thanks for joining me, Roger. Yeah, thanks very much. Good to be here.